Hey y'all, welcome back to the Friends Good Reading Podcast. You're listening to Season 3 with your host, Jalisa. What are you waiting for? Smash the like button and subscribe. Learn today, lead tomorrow. Hey friends, welcome back to the Friends Good Reading Podcast. You are now listening to Season 3. And I'm so excited to have a very special guest on today. Her name is Jamie Rhodes, and she's coming to us from the state of South Carolina. So for all of our listeners out there that's in South Carolina, you definitely want to tune in right now. We're going to be asking her a lot of amazing questions about her journey as a homeschooler. Not only was she a former homeschool student, but she also educates her own children currently, which is so wonderful. Help us to welcome Jamie to the show. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's so great to have you here. I'm so excited to learn so much about you and also about your, your am I saying it right, your acres, your organization. Uh, I, I don't know. Why don't you introduce it to us and tell us a little bit more about Para Place? Yeah, of course. So it's, um, people have called it a co-op and I guess that that fits best, but it's not the kind of co-op where we are trying to recreate a classroom environment. There are lots of co-ops that do that in the area. Um, I try to give people a laundry list of them if they ask, but for us, ours is more of an unschooled student-led exploration-based time. And we do we do have somewhat of a schedule, but most of the time is going to be free, uh, just exploration time for the students and families that come. So it is kind of hard to define and hard to describe. Um, that's been half the fun. <laughs> so, but we, we have families out on Friday mornings from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And as most homeschool families know, we tend to be late. So we don't actually start any of our academic time until around 11 a.m. And what we do is we ring a bell and the kids will just run in. I've gotten videos. It's so cute how they just flock back in um, from all the different corners of the property. We have 25 acres that there are trails and different things on. um, But they come back when they hear the bell. And then we kind of introduce the day's topic to them. And like this last week, we had an active duty military um, dad of one of our students came and talked to us about the military for Veterans Day. Because the the kids, yeah, the kids had really good questions. Um, You know, what is a veteran is a question that since we don't really have military in our family, um, we we don't grow up with it. We don't run around it. And so it, it was able to introduce topics and things to us that we just have never thought of. He told us things like in the submarine, in the time where he's deployed, what he misses most other than his family, of course, um, is not the sunshine. It's actually the rain. And I never would have thought of that, you know? And so it's just really cool things like that, where we can learn from each other, kind of like this, where you really get to learn from another human being um, face to face and straightforwardly versus having people write a book and have to publish it or, um, or videos online and all those things count too. Like all those things are good, but ours is more of a like meet new people and learn from them style. If that makes sense. Yes. I love that. It's so amazing. Wow. 
So 25 acres out in Dorchester, yep. South Carolina. Can you give us a geographical location as far as like what city are you guys close to? Is that Charleston? Is it Columbia? So I would say probably right between Charleston and Columbia. Um, Dorchester is its own town. We have a post office, but that's it. Like we don't even have a red light really. Um, (laughs) it's, it's quite small. We're between on highway 78. We're between Somerville and St. George. So those would be the two closest towns that have, you know, grocery stores and, and, um, that kind of thing. I love it. I love Somerville. It's so beautiful there. Mm -hmm. That's where I grew up. Yeah, you guys are in the perfect spot. I love that. And the fact that there's 25 acres, I think, is also so amazing as well, because it's so much space and room, obviously, for them to really enjoy nature. And, man, if if folks have not been to South Carolina, they are missing out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The land space is so beautiful. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of those huge, huge trees. Yes. to get back down there and just experience it the air literally mm-hmm. the air is so different <laughs> it, it really is you know, get, i've had families tell me that like they're like i can breathe now and i was like yeah, yeah. girl <laughs> yes compared to some of the northern cities that are have a whole lot more hustle and bustle in the bigger cities mm-hmm. um, you know it's, it's very wonderful there so if you are a nature person i definitely would recommend going to South Carolina because it's absolutely beautiful. For sure. sure. Let's talk about South Carolina, right? Because we know that the laws are so different for homeschoolers and unschoolers around the country. Uh, What are some laws that you feel are actually supportive? Let's say supportive to homeschoolers in South Carolina. Okay. So I do appreciate that we have different options. There are definitely states who have less regulation. Um, I've heard of places where all you have to do is say that you're homeschooling and that's it. End of, you know, end of discussion. Here we are, um, we're required to choose one of three options. And the first two, I have never met anyone personally who has stuck with either of the first two because they are both heavily government involved. You either have to have um, the public school system approve your curriculum or it's, it's still very tied to the system. And for most of us, we want the freedom of doing it you know, on our own. Um, imagine like trying to do a DIY project around your house, but there's also um, someone standing over your shoulder, you know, telling you about how to do it. And some people enjoy that um, and would appreciate that kind of guidance. Um, but for most of us, we if we're going to do it ourselves, we want to do it ourselves. <laughs> So option three is the one where you do still have an uh, accountability group and that can be helpful in having them answer your questions. You'll have an accountability group leader who knows all the laws and who reports to the state for you and they can help walk you through all of it. Um, So I don't mind ever asking, answering questions for new moms, but your accountability group leader is really going to be your best resource for that. Um, cause I'm not as currently up to date on like everything that is happening or may be happening. My accountability leader will post about things that are, you know, being voted on and on the floor. And I'm just not quite as, as, um, in the moment as she is with that kind of thing. So the accountability groups is not going to be like our group where you necessarily meet up together 
and see each other all the time. But the accountability group is just for reporting to the state. And so you will have usually emails between you and your accountability group leader where you let them know, or a lot of them have it on their websites now too. I think mine did switch to their website where you just report um, what subjects you have covered, how many days you've attended. It has to be at least 180 days, um, but it's not terribly involved. So I, th I would say we're kind of a mid-range state from what I've heard. And I've only ever lived in South Carolina. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But from what I've heard from other parents, there are definitely states who have a lot more regulation and there are some states that have less. Yes, this is very, so very, very true. Um, I am in the state of Illinois right now, and it is literally like no regulation at all. So what you mentioned earlier about just simply being able to say, hey, we're homeschooling. That's it. That's all. That's, that's great. Pretty much how I'm Illinois kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, I mean, of course, like the, the basic things are there and they are mentioned on the state educational website where, sure. you know, like you have to go over reading, writing and you know, math and those things, but you can mix it up and do whatever you want and however you want to do it, you know, awesome. um, and, you know, a lot of people, I think also kind of get stuck with that 180 day rule with the, the learning hours or learning days. Yes. And I hope a lot of people know that like as unschoolers, there's really so much flexibility. Yes. And you, can fit, you can fit those hours in, in like maybe two months or less probably because absolutely there's some things you can do right you know and then you can have the rest of your year to just do whatever just exist <laughs> yeah you just exist all right but that honestly still would count as learning you know for me um for for my son and i i like to say that we learn around the clock all the time as unschooled absolutely there's really a way of really saying like you know, we're going to just stick to a certain timeline. No, because, yeah. yeah, everything is, everything is, uh, you know, opportunity to learn. So what are some things that your family does that, you know, you guys just find whimsical ways and, Hey, this, we're going to learn about this. We're going to do this, you know? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be planned. Right. But, you know, what are some whimsical things you guys have found yourself doing and of the spontaneity of it all. <laughs> yeah. So I love that you mentioned it doesn't have to be planned. Um, if that's the way your brain works, I say, great, go for it. Um, but personally, we have done better with a journal journal style where after the day is over, and to be honest, sometimes it's after the month is over, <laughs> we'll go wow. back and write down what we've done. And I don't recommend it. I'm just being honest about how it happens. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll go back and, and write down what we've learned and where we went that day and what we discussed. Um, so lots of times with my youngest, he will ask some of the deepest questions that I never would have thought of. And I'll have to be like, I don't know. Let's go find out. So we'll, we'll research um, just rabbit trails that he has just from his own little brain. And I can watch them all really absorb so much more from something that just struck them out of the blue than if I was trying to shove something down their throat. Cause that's what we're supposed to do today. Um, right. And again, if that's working for your family, no judgment, no, you know, absolutely keep going with what's working. Um, but just know that that's not the only way. If it's, if it's not working, you can do something else. So for South Carolina, we don't have to track hours. 
which there's a lot of people who um, get caught up in that. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> days. So if there was any learning in that day, which every day has learning and existing is learning, and you are experiencing life and, and making uh, decisions and observations every day with everything that you're ever doing. And so it's only 180 days that you have to have written something down and no one's ever going to look at what you wrote down. It is just for your own records that you have um, notes of what you did that day. And so only 180 days, you have to do that. And like you said, the rest of the days of the year, you can just, you keep learning, but you don't have to have any kind of pressure over it. Yeah. I love that you mentioned your journal style. I think we, that's, that's something we should do. (laughs) That's a good idea. And that's definitely something that we should do. Um, And my son sounds a lot like your son, having those curious questions and, you know, just thinking of things uh, just right out of the blue. That sounds just like my son as well. But I was going to say for us, um, I think we have took an approach as far as like with, if, if need be for documenting purposes, I think my approach has really been more so just like to take a picture of it, you know, Oh yeah. just to kind of like put little bullet point notes of like, this is what we did. And I would post it on Instagram and I did that for a couple of years and then I would take them down like at the end of the year. Okay. I would take my pictures down and, and refresh it for the next year. Um, but just trying to like, you know, chronalize that and, and keep it together. And, you know, Google is really good with like, you know, putting your timeline and things together for whatever you did on whatever day. So that's yeah, another resource. I honestly would say, like, if you don't have the time to just write it down and plug it in, just take a couple of pictures of something that you did and, you know, Google will save it for you. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think that that's so awesome. But, you know, we're we're currently not in the states where we have the twenty five acres to really enjoy right. nature. <laughs> Most people but, aren't. That's that's why I started offering it because it used to be that at least you would have grandparents or someone somewhere yes. that had some land for kids to just kind of go buck wild on, you know. Um, yes. And that's not a thing anymore. So many people have moved away. So many families. Um, you know, just don't have that as a resource anymore. And so I'm like, I'll be your grandparent. And I'm in my thirties, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I'll be your grandma and I'll bake cookies and you can go, well, you know, it's so great. Um, yeah. So we all just offer that. Cause I think we've missed something as a culture in climbing trees and, you know, fishing. And obviously I don't have any patience for that personally, but <laughs> just in general, you know, like little boys and, and the, the rite of passage that is putting a worm on a hook and yes the way that you build strength and confidence in your own body as you climb a tree or don't climb it. You know, I tell people all the time, parents um, sometimes will try to, I'll say encourage, encourage their child, you know, to, to go up into the tree and do the rope tunnels. And I um, frequently almost get in the middle of it, which I, I hate to do that, but I'm like, you know, it's okay. If they, if, if their body is telling them that this is not a safe choice, like let them trust that. And so we talk every week. I have a a five finger agreement that we go through every week. And the first one, you hold your thumbs up and you say, we're going to have fun. And I ask them if they had fun and what they're, you know, what they did that was fun. And then the pointer finger we take, we we put it on our nose. And I tell them that whoever's talking to you, whether it's your friend or an adult or 
you know, the speaker who's speaking, if you will look at their face, then that helps your brain also pay attention to what they're saying. Because if you take your eyes somewhere else, your brain's probably going to go somewhere else too. And I don't talk to them for very long. Um, I always tell people probably 10 minutes, 20, if there's going to be interaction where you're asking them questions and they can talk back with you back and forth. Um, but we keep it very, very short for their attention spans. But I do ask them to focus, and that's what we do with our pointer finger. And then with our middle finger, we make a circle with our thumb, and we talk about respecting boundaries. And we talk about the property line, the actual, you know, physical boundaries that we have. And then we also talk about personal boundaries where you don't have to give affection to anyone with your body if you don't feel comfortable doing that. It doesn't matter if you gave them a hug yesterday. You don't have to do it again today if you don't feel like it. And that's been so important. And I've had so many parents come back and tell me thank you and that they hear their kids repeating it and they're so proud of them and thankful that um, they're getting the message that we needed. You know what I mean? Um, It's been very healing for me to be the adult I wish I had. Um, And and I love, you know, my family. My mom actually is helping and she's a big part of every Friday too. She was a teacher for 15 plus years um, officially, you know, in the system. And so um, it's not that I'm upset with anyone. I'm just glad that we have different tools now that they didn't have then. So that's the middle finger. Then we do ring finger. I talk about how a lot of people wear rings on their finger and the rings are usually made of some kind of treasure. And we have a treasure box that they can um, get a prize out of if they've hit any kind of goal together with their, with themselves, with their adult, if it's to keep their room clean or, you know, get along with their siblings, or if they went all the way across the ninja course after trying it 50 million times, whatever goal they have hit, we want to celebrate that with them. And so we have just little kind of trinkets um, for that. And then, yeah, such such good motivation and not, is it only just good motivation for them? It sounds like there's a whole lot of good uh, emotional intelligence that's being captured in I count we count emotional intelligence as a science that is a course and And I think that's so important for children to have right now early right because absolutely it's definitely gonna play a role in their decision making as they age and, and get into adult so I know you've been listening and I know you love the show what are you waiting for smash the like button subscribe to friends Cabrini learn today lead tomorrow So we go through the whole hand, we do the pinkies and we link them together. We talk about being better together that they, um, if they want to go off and explore the trails, they need to have at least two friends with them and their adults permission. Um, That way, if anything goes wrong, one can stay with the, you know, if somebody gets hurt, for instance, which no one has, but you know, just in case um, one can stay with the hurt person and the other one can go run for help so that no one has to really be alone. Um, So that's our, that's just every week they get a reminder of that. And then we talk about the palm of our hand and we can put it over our heart. And I always show them that that's on the left. And I kind of turn around because for me as a kid, if anyone did something and for still really, if I'm watching yoga or something, if the person in front of me is doing it on their left side, I'm going to do it on my right side because that's the way I'm viewing it. So I turn around and show them that like my left is actually what looks like what I'm, I look like I'm pointing on my right. And they're always like, we know already. And I'm like, okay, well I didn't as a kid. So I'm just showing you. <laughs> but anyway, and we talk about, um, we put our hand over our heart and we say, I'm responsible for me. And then we talk about what that means. And the most basic meaning is that please don't leave your water bottle and your shoes and your jacket <laughs> because you need to take those home with you. 
Um, so yes. we talk about, I was like, you know, is mom responsible for your shoes and your jacket and your water bottle? Or are you responsible for those? And they're like, oh, I'm responsible for me. And so that's been kind of almost a joke between us adults because we'll leave stuff somewhere and we're like, oh, all right, I'm responsible for me. <laughs> but we also go into how, um, you know, accidents happen. Like someone could trip um, over our foot and we didn't even mean to, but we can still help them up and apologize. So apologizing is not um, saying, hey, I'm a terrible person and I laid awake last night thinking of ways to trip you up. It just means that it did happen. And that's another, um, I guess, emotional intelligence thing that I've worked through um, just as adults. It's still something yeah. that we've had to work through. And so if I, like you said, if we can get it to the kids earlier, I think that's really important for them. And yes. then we high five in the air. And that's, that's our agreement. I'm like, if you agree to all these things, this is your high five in the air and we all do that and so that's kind of our agreement every week we go over it and over and over it um that these things are, are what we're kind of expecting out of our time together and really for life and then the topic it. was different every week but th those things are repeated every week i love it the teaching of the responsibility teaching mm -hmm. of accountability right when you when you do something wrong be uh ready and prepared to go come forth and, and admit to that and correct it. I love it. Absolutely. Um, those things are just so wonderful. And those are the things that, you know, most children absolutely are not getting from no. public school or a private school setting. Um, and so being able just to come in community with other parents and nurture the children in that way so that they not only have healthy boundaries and healthy uh, a healthy understanding of you know, just their emotional intelligence and socialization skills. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so wonderful. I just think that is so awesome that you are doing that. Um, are there any challenges that you feel like you personally have experienced, you know, because I know you said that you were homeschooled, but then you're, you're homeschooling your children as well, your own personal children. So are there any challenges that you may have seen as a homeschool student or, uh, your children may face right now and are they overcoming it? So personally, I, I'm trying to think back. <laughs> so we went to a private school for middle school and it was because my mom and my brother were constantly struggling over math in particular. And at that time, Abeka was one of the only options and Abeka is exhausting for math. Um, again, if it works for you, awesome. Um, but I personally will never, ever recommend Abeka math for anyone because it is just too much. Um, it is pages and pages of the same work. And anyway, it was just a stress point for my mother and my brother. And so she, for the sake of their relationship, was like, I need you to just kind of um, learn, learn from someone else during this time in your life. And so I think really a lot of boys would benefit in particular, not the girls wouldn't too, but boys in particular, I think would benefit from more of an apprenticeship style. Oh. Once they hit that like 10, 11 year old age, um, mom is great. Boys love their mama forever, but they also kind of need their own space at that point. So right. for them, it was, it was necessary. And then of course me being the little sister, I'm like, well, if he gets to go, I want to go. I didn't want to <laughs> miss out on anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really wish, um, not that I have regrets per se, because obviously I'm glad for everything that happened because it led me here. 
Um, but I, I think I would have um, skipped a lot of trauma <laughs> had I not made that decision um, to follow him just for the sake of, you know, experiencing new things. Right. Um, middle school was really rough. And I think it is for everyone. <laughs> I don't think anyone leaves middle school unscarred, you know. But um, I, I do wish I had stuck with homeschool um, to the end because that would have been a better choice for me personally. And my brother did need to go. That was valid. Um, but, yeah, I was I was not prepared at all. I had been very sheltered, which, again, I, I am not um, – I'm not saying they did the wrong thing. I think they did the best they could with the information they had. Um, but I was wholly unprepared <laughs> for how that was going to go down. I had no concept of boundaries um, of being able to say no and stand up for myself. Um, and so that, that led to a lot of things that, that were rough. So personally, that would be kind of the struggle for me. And the way I'm overcoming it is by teaching the next generation, what I wish had been taught to me. Um, right. and I'm glad you just said that because as I'm listening to you speak about it and you mentioned that a particular time period, which is middle school mm -hmm. and usually right. Middle schoolers are going through the physical biological changes. Yes. And so, as you said, most people right in today's world right now living probably have not escaped that, that nope. moment in time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I think you may have actually figured out the key because you mentioned earlier how you said that you, you all are uh, modeling for the children a lot of emotional intelligence and a lot of good quality behaviors. And I think if those things are taught early on prior to those middle school years, they will still have those things within them, you know, yes. where they're to, to use those skills. Um, part of the issue that seems to come with being in a actual brick and mortar middle school is the fact that kids are not properly taught how to deal with their emotions. Right. right? Uh, especially if we're going through puberty and, and so many different feelings and things like that, they're not yep. properly taught. Then you have a lot of teachers who may feel tired or overworked or stressed. Absolutely. Right? They, they're coming uh, from their home with their own things. And then you have 30 plus kids they're coming from different households with their individual things as well. And you're trying to blend it all and it's just not going to really mesh well together. So, yeah, you know, not to throw smut exactly on the public school systems in the United States, but I think there should be something there. Yeah. Uh, when children enter into those middle school years and maybe it's so tough. Like yeah, I always yeah. tell people, as hard as it is to teach them or to parent them, especially if you're doing both, remember that it's harder to be them. Right, right. You right. know what I mean? Because um, we tend to do this thing. I don't know if you saw the movie from the 80s or 90s. It was called Baby Geniuses. And they have mm -hmm. this, um, they have all the knowledge in the world until they hit, I think it was two years old, and then they cross over. And I feel like we do that as adults. We cross over and we have bills now and we have much... Um, different stress than we had as middle schoolers or as teenagers and so we tend to kind of almost look down on their stress like their stress is not as important and not as valid but it's actually worse because they don't they haven't formed um you know like their brains aren't fully formed they're they're they don't have the tools that they need to deal with it yet and so yes we kind of have um 
bigger risk involved. You know, if we just crash for six months, then that means like, you know, bills aren't getting paid and we could, you know, it could completely change our life. But for them, um, the stress is still real, even though they're not paying bills and they're not um, under the same kind of pressure we're under. Theirs is actually worse in a lot of ways. Yes, I agree with you. I think just as important as we think our things are as adults, those things are to the children as well. Absolutely. One of my favorite things is making sure that I am being not just, you know, physically present, but really mentally and emotionally present with my child, right? Because there's so many things that he wants to do and he's involved in. And I have to be present for those things. I have to know, let him know that he's supported and that I see him. I see what those struggles are. And I think that so many children really are just in need of that from their parents. And in today's time period, we have so many things going on, especially with, you know, uh, technology constantly growing and social media Mm -hmm. and these things. And it's kind of like, it's a tug of war, right? Do you invest more energy into tech and giving those things to your children and supplying them with those things? Or do you pull back from all those things and give them what life is really about? Which, like I said, you seem to have figured out the key to that with being uh, so open, having the children exploring, right? Not just through nature, but through their hearts, through their souls, mm-hmm. through their spirits, right? Um, and developing them as people, because they are people. <laughs> right. We're, we're always forgetting that. We're always thinking that, they're, that you know, their feelings and things don't exist. But as the commercial says, it does exist. <laughs> yes. yes. So, <laughs> they do so, exist. Yes, they do exist. Thank you so much. So, you know, it's, it's so wonderful what you're doing. And I think that's a great share that a lot of homeschoolers seem to kind of miss. Like, mm, are we really developing the kids emotionally, right? Because they can be geniuses, but then, you know, they can also crash, right? Mm-hmm. They can reach their feet very early um, as it relates to, you know, academic things or you know professional things and then they can crash and burn out and be like uh you know they feel stuck um so that's wonderful that you mentioned that i love it um you mentioned a little bit about becca math and i thought that was so interesting (laughs) because i've heard a lot of people kind of like say they love becca but i guess it's probably more so like the literacy yes so they, they are really great um for a certain I guess, type of mind. Um, okay. it, co- it covers all the bases. You will feel like you have done enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think so many parents are chasing that. The parents are chasing for their own validation. Um, and I don't say this with any judgment because I, I totally understand. Um, but especially as homeschoolers, we feel this pressure to make sure that we're not behind or lacking or failing our kids in any way. And we, it's like mom guilt on top of mom guilt, right? So Abeka will really help you feel like you have created, like you said, the genius. You have you have covered every single base there could possibly covered and you went around the outfield. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so if that's if that's what works for your student, then I'm happy for you. Um, but well, what to- would you say for, for children that are not kind of like those type of thinkers right right so i was talking about unschoolers and for unschooling a lot of it sometimes not as necessarily curriculum based so right 
I always encourage parents to do what works for their student. And I say student singular because no two kids are going to be alike. They could be identical twins. It doesn't matter. They're, they, they're going to have different learning styles. Um, and so don't just do, and you matter too, as the parent and the teacher, it's, it's not that um, you matter, not at all, but you have to work. Well, you have to do what works for both of you. Um, at the beginning of the podcast, you had said that I'm homeschooling my kids or I'm teaching my kids. And that is the language that's out there. And I always um, kind of change it if we're if we're talking about certain things like this. I always change it to be like, oh, I'm not homeschooling. I did my time. <laughs> I graduated. <laughs> my kids are homeschooling. You know what I mean? And so I, when we're doing curriculum and we're doing, um, we do a lot of games, like educational games or educational videos. But we do have books, of course, too. Like our my house is overflowing with books. Um, you had mentioned being present, and that's definitely something I could work on. Um, if you have any tips and tricks. But, um, yeah, I lost the original question. I'm sorry, my brain just <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's okay. We're talking about resources, right? So you says uh, you guys use some ed- different educational games. Are there any favorites for your children? So I, and again, this is where I kind of don't take my own advice and have put my fears into it. I skipped a geography class somehow between moving from homeschool to middle school and then middle school to a private, was a private school into public school. Um, I never did get a geography class. So I have no idea where Turkey is. I have, you know what I mean? Um, So I've done a lot of like geography based uh, puzzles and games and things um, just because that's where I feel lacking. And so there's one called the world game and there's, there's a bunch of different, it's a, it's cards, it's a card set. And there's so many different ways to play. You can play it just as war where you, everyone has a stack and whoever has the highest card wins. Um, so that works for like the youngest of the kids. Um, but on up, I really like things that kind of span the gap between, a, you know, a toddler who can barely kind of sit to play a game on up to yeah. a teenager who really needs to be getting more out of it. So I like card games and board games that have lots of information on them, but that you can play a very simple style game with. Does have that make sense? Seen, yeah, yeah. Have you seen the, so I don't, I don't know if you guys frequent um, national parks, but we, we love national parks. Yes. And we actually just went to one recently. They actually have a Monopoly game. So it's like okay. a Monopoly game, but they only switched it to like national parks where now like the different locations are the different national parks in the United States. So I think something like that would be so fun because you can play it at home and then physically actually go out and yeah, for it and, and, and survey the land or whatever you're going to do. For sure. <laughs> for sure. That, yeah. Any, any way you can tie real life experiences <laughs> to what you're learning is going to sink in yeah. so much better for them. Yeah, I'm like, wait, I just said survey the land, not quite survey the land, but you know. <laughs> Amazing, man. Yeah, make your observations, yeah. Yeah, or, um, see, I, oh my God, we've been, we've been looking at a lot of like Lewis and Clark stuff. So. <laughs> yes, I was about to say Lewis and Clark. <laughs> survey the um, land, I love it. We actually had a student go around with her piece of paper and and make a map of Para Place. I was like, that is so cool. And she just thought it was like no one told her to, you know, she just did it. And it was fun. Yeah, we were working on or well, my son was working on a map of um, 
the city of Chicago. And okay. uh, what he wanted to do was actually like put it down a grid, exactly how the actual city was, but he wanted to make his own grid um, using different, you know, uh, mathematical skills and things like that. And I thought that was really cool because a lot of math is usually more like equation based, like, you know, three plus right. two, things like that. Um, very few times do you see uh, them going over graphing skills, except except maybe for like that middle school, fifth, sixth, you know, sixth sure. grade year. But like one week uh, of it or something. Go, right, right, right. But to like really go like fully in depth with it and yeah, that's awesome. It, I thought was really great. Um, we, he recently discovered how Benjamin Manneker, um surveyed that word again, um, DC. And so, you know, now he's like, I want to get back to doing that as my project for Chicago. Um, and, and so So, yeah, you know, just, it's it's so fun, like to just do things, um, just impromptu. Right. And you never know like what skills that they're going to pull from and things of that nature. So for sure. I feel like we, we all only learn what we want to learn. So yeah. if you think back from your own experience, which, you know, probably includes some kind of brick and mortar situation um, or the way I put it, my favorite word for it is the institutionalized learning system. <laughs> um, <laughs> because you, you might've, cause like both my husband and I were a honor roll students. Like we, you know, we could regurgitate the facts, but if you ask me now, I have no idea because it doesn't, it's not relevant to my life. I tell yeah, parents yeah. Like, never, never in a job interview or, you know, client situation, because obviously I'd rather them be like entrepreneurs. Um, are they going to need to know when Columbus sailed the ocean blue? Like that's not a, that it doesn't come up in adult life. So like, why are we yeah. stressing them out and making them like really harming their self-worth over something that doesn't ever come up again? Yes, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So another resource that we enjoy is like podcasts, which is funny, okay. um, but podcasts in the car, because we spend a lot of time in the car since we're, you know, at least 15 minutes away from, um, you know, stores. So Do just turn any, on any favorite educational podcasts or any like uh, South friendly podcasts. Yeah. Even listening to something like this, where technically it's kind of for the parents, um, the kids are still hearing it. They're still picking up stuff. They're going to be adults one day, whether they're parents or not, they're going to be adults one day. And so even learning from, from what you're listening to for yourself is valuable to them. Um, for the kids, their favorites are things like story pirates that aren't necessarily educational. Um, (laughs) but it's, it's creative and it's fun. Um, they also like average boy, um, is a like focus on the family one, um, which I don't agree with everything from them, but they like average boy. Um, and then my favorite educational one would be, I'm trying to remember the actual name of it, Real Cool History for Kids with Angela O'Dell. Because she really takes it back and at least the way my brain works, which again, your student's really the one in it. So go by the way their brain works and what their learning style is. But for me, I really enjoy history in a story-based style that includes everything. Like tell me everything that was going on in the world. Tell me you know, who was singing on the radio or if there were radios or, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, yes. And then my brain can kind of hold on to it better than if you just give me dry dates and facts. I, again, I can regurgitate it for a test, 
but I'm never going to remember it long term. Yes, I love that. I, you have me thinking about one um, that I've heard a little bit of, and I know I have friends that really uh, love it. I think I believe it's called Bronzeville. Okay, it talks about the history of the Bronzeville neighborhood um, in Chicago. Yeah, as, as the past, and I think that there may be something similar for like uh, the Harlem Renaissance or something like that. Okay. And, you know, I mentioned a lot of like those great, amazing poets and actors of that time period. So that's, that's so wonderful. I was thinking also when you were talking about uh, geography, just to piggyback to that for a second, because you said the world game and I love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys also tried like the guess in 10. It's like a, yeah. I think that one's great for uh, learning. That's, that one is great for learning. Um, you know, about geography. And I think they have like some for science and math too. Yeah. So, There's yeah. one too that we got and I can't remember the name of it, but it was, it was on Amazon. Cause I had literally just searched history card games yes. <laughs> and um, it, it's about like, there's one with inventors and inventions oh. And, yes. Yeah, and there's one with like world um, events, and you ha- you yes. lay out five cards, and you have to guess which came first. Yes, that yes. one has been really cool too. I can't remember the name of it, but we literally just purchased that one. I know exactly. That's great. What you're talking about. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes, we actually just purchased that one, so that's going to be a Christmas gift. Absolutely. Oh yes, yes. And that's a, that's a half too. Like everything yes. is in their stocking is educational. Like I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I think I, I think when I clicked on the link, I think there was like another link on Amazon for one about I want to say like the British. Uh, I feel like I don't know if it's like the Parliament or I, I don't know, but it was something about like the British monarchs or something like that. Okay. So, um, yes, you know. Amazon yeah, I think that's great to learn about not just our government and the way our government works, which is very, very important to learn. Um, and it gets mentioned, but kind of skated over. Um, but also learning about other world governments and how other world government works is one of those things that I think um, I didn't have, at least in my my experience with the institutionalized education system. Um, so that would be a really cool, actually useful knowledge, you know, to have. Absolutely. Yes. Because um, for us, you know, I've, we've started to I've started to encourage my son to get in the mindset of being a world citizen Mm -hmm. right so not just limiting himself to the states but he may want to live somewhere else right he may decide one day that i may want to live somewhere else one day like you know right (laughs) take me with you (laughs) life is beautiful somewhere else and so being able to really know a little bit more about those cultures and those countries i think is really helpful because you know, as we know, right, students and children that come from those countries, they're learning so much about America. And yes. then when they, they travel to America, it's like they know all of the things. And, and right. they probably put a little bit better than some actual U.S. citizens. Oh, for sure. My husband always says, and he was public schooled the whole way, but he always says, just look at the videos of like the YouTubers online who will go and ask yeah. random questions off the, you know, for people off the street. And people don't know basic things. Um, and so if you if if parents ever feel like they're behind the system and that they're not going to do as good a job as a system could do with their own child um just just have them watch those you know (laughs) so like i think i think the bar is low enough i think you're all right (laughs) (laughs) it's funny 
YouTube University will teach you in in Yes. <laughs> Looking for online classes for your child? Well, what are you waiting for? Enroll at Friends of Cabrini. Learn today, lead tomorrow. Tell me, what are you looking forward to, right? Because we're closing out the year and I'm sure you're probably getting ready for the next year in 2024. Uh, what are you looking forward to for the end? Yeah, of the absolutely. So I personally love the holidays. Um, I also stress, but <laughs> I stress out over the holidays and I love them. It can be both. Um, so this week is our Friendsgiving. We're all going to kind of potluck whatever food we want to bring to share. Um, and I'm actually going to be roasting one of the turkeys that the kids got to see grow up here. Um, and I'm telling them that in advance. So I'm, I, I always tell people I hate the idea of, um, and it didn't happen to me, but I heard about it where, you know, your uncle would be like, ha, 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 that was your pet rabbit you just ate. Like, that's terrible. I would never do that. Um, yeah. But just to tell them in advance, like, this is the turkey and you don't have to eat it if you feel a certain way about it. Like, that's a, that's a valid choice. Um but to be more connected to where our food comes from, I think, is another thing that is kind of important lately with the way things are going. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. What are you guys? What are you guys doing to teach uh, the children about you know just healthy nutrition, being healthy, good wellness skills? Um, so I frequently I'll ask them. I love to um, you know we we really discuss when I'm on I'm on kind of our stage talking it, it's not just me talking at them I want to be having a discussion so I'll ask them like where where does your food come from um and most of them know well enough to say like you know the garden or I'm like well mostly it's the store like let's let's be honest like right. a food comes from a store where does that food even come from and it's not a, it's not really a garden the the factory farms um are a different thing and obviously mm-hmm. I leave that up to the parents to to discuss further if they wish um but your food that comes out of the drive-through came from somewhere, um, and those animals lived some kind of life. So you might want to check into that, you know. <laughs> um, and obviously, I still we were at Dunkin' Donuts yesterday because my son wanted to buy donuts, and he has his own money because he has jobs that he works now, and so I, I let him. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not judging anyone with the drive-through. I understand, um, but it's. Um, it's important. I'll just say that. I think to, to really connect with this, the earth that we're on, where our food is coming from, um, what we want to make sure our body is having or isn't having, um, and why, you know, why, why is it? And so my answer for where our food comes from is our food comes from our food. When you take a tomato and you slice it open on the counter, what falls out? the seeds and I've literally everything that I have growing right now I, I didn't purchase seeds for it I just threw those seeds that fell off onto the counter into dirt mm-hmm. so I didn't I didn't go out and, and purchase um anything and like plant a garden out and map it out which is great I, I, I have friends that do that and I love it but personally I just I just do it while I'm doing it you know what I mean and so if I'm if I'm slicing peppers and the seeds are in there and you have to take them out anyway don't throw them in the trash throw them in some dirt yeah that's what so happened good. Yeah. And so even meat, like the food comes from the food. So meat reproduces and your, your food should come from food. That is so good to teach. Yeah. Holistic health skills and, and just knowledge and information about nutrition. That's so good. Wow. So awesome. 
But so I it's kind of a springboard for them to, to check into it more. I just wet their <laughs> appetite. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, and I, I think it's some of our guest speakers have been kind of confused. They're like, well, how am I going to teach a whole language in 20 minutes? And I'm like, you don't, all you're doing is introducing it. So we are just introducing topics and if it lights them up and if they would like to explore it further than they can. Um, but I'm not trying to make anyone an expert in anything in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, yes. here's this idea. And if you want to chase it and follow it, as far as you want to chase it and follow it, go nuts, you know? <laughs> I love that. Wonderful. Well, it has been so great uh, talking with you. And yeah, you too. Uh, before we, we go, um, I would love to, you know, ask one amazing question. Last season, we had a thing where we were asking what we called our fun question, which was, what was the, like your favorite uh, TV show or movie or song or something okay. that represents your family? Um, this season, we're actually changing out the question. Okay. I love that I'm the first. This is a great. Yeah. <laughs> and so the question is, who is someone from history that represents what you what you think about Just oh so that's easy like hands down jesus <laughs> yes i like hands down awesome. um I, I maybe not represents accurately obviously because um i i'm very far from where i should be but he loves me anyway um <laughs> yeah i have to keep reminding myself of that um I think is a great representation yeah but that's what i'm going for you know the, the kindness the love the making everyone feel like they were worth something one of my favorite moments and my favorite verse really is and it's not a whole verse but it's a section of a verse and he says leave her alone mm -hmm. and it's when the um she was a worker of the night i guess would be the polite way to say that um, and she had been following him and she had spent an exorbitant amount of money on this perfume that he pours onto her, his, onto Jesus's feet. And one of Jesus's male disciples is like, well, why is she doing that? That's so wasteful. She could have given it to the poor, which we should be obviously caring for the poor. Um, and just all of each, each other in general. Um, but he's like, just leave her alone like she knows what she's doing she's got it i'm only going to be here for a short time you'll have people to take care of forever just let her do what she's doing and don't you know stop with the the condescension stop with the judgment like just mm. just let people be who they are and love them yeah. where they are so that's the goal again i wouldn't say that's a representation of our family um because we, we have a long way to go but that's the goal Yes, I love that. That is, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, so rich. Um, I don't, I don't know how I can follow that up. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, Jesus is absolutely the ultimate, the yep. ultimate person that you want to aspire to be so much like. Yeah. And, and I always tell families that they, they can come and have different beliefs. I'm never going to treat anyone any differently based on their beliefs. Um, but I get that question a lot is if we're a religious or a secular co-op. And I don't, 
I, I don't have a religious like plan for every week. Um, but I do love Jesus the same way that like my husband wears, loves Clemson and he wears a Clemson hat and like strangers will talk to him about sports. I'm like, if, if strangers are allowed to talk about sports because that's their favorite thing, I'm allowed to talk about Jesus because he's my favorite thing. You know what I mean? That is absolutely right. Yes. Um, I, I love it. I love being able to encourage children to have a faith-based relationship um, and a spiritual relationship, right? And just be in, tapped in and in tune. And I think that's so important uh, for just who they will grow up to be as people. And I do understand yeah. like everyone has different religions and everything. So that's why I always try to make sure I don't necessarily push directly into right. the Yeah, you don't have to believe what I believe. Yeah, but be, you know, have something right have something that yeah, you sure. and keeps you calm and that keeps you grounded and i think right. again you back into that emotional intelligence right mm-hmm. um finding that that thing or, or that center point that's going to ground you is going to help you really see who you are as a person right yeah. and i think nothing else really matters more than that because once you figure out who you are as a person and that God loves you, that you love yourself, all things will happen. Um, the way yeah, they line up. They just line up. Yep. Yeah, and so. it, eternity, too, is, is going to be what it's going to be. You know, like, I yeah. I don't have control over that. <laughs> I can tell you what I believe, and I can respect that you believe something else. Yes. Um, but I do, I want to spend eternity with Jesus, and I want to, as many people as I can help, you know, choose him to do that, too. Um, but if you don't like he, he's God's a gentleman, he's not going to force anyone to choose him and force anyone to spend time with him, especially for eternity. Um, but it, it is going to be sad without him and all yeah. things, good, you know, because he is the source of all things good. Yes, so to, to live without that would be very, very sad. It would be. Absolutely. I love it. Um, someone that I was thinking about was, um, and he usually always comes to mind first for me because he's one of my favorite um, historical icons. Um, and that is Malcolm X. Um, yes. Malik Shiraj. Uh, Malik mm-hmm. Shiraj, I think that's the, the correct term or correct name, should I say. <laughs> um, but we know him as Malcolm X. Um, the public knows him as Malcolm X. And right. one of the things that I have always been fond of is just, I think, I want to say the willingness that he expressed and showed to be able to think for himself, right? Um, The willingness to challenge information that you're given Mm -hmm. to uncover the truth. That's what my dad always says. He said, we we prayed that you would be able to think for yourselves, me and my brother. And he's like, and y'all are, and you're making different choices, but um you are thinking for yourself and so he's he's expressed you know he's proud of us for that and that's and that's one of the things that we center ourselves around as unschoolers um you know i understand that everyone homeschools differently Mm -hmm. i understand that everyone unschools differently and everyone else's parents differently but one of the things that um i try to connect my son with as it relates to to the teachings and Uh, and the philosophy of Malcolm X is be able, like you just said, to think for yourself, right? Don't Mm -hmm. necessarily always believe everything that you're told because things always change from generations to generation. And then you also see that history repeats itself. 
For sure. And if and if we're not paying attention to history, then that means that we're not learning from it so that we can make more wiser decisions. Exactly. And, and so um, Malcolm X would be our person or my person uh, for that very reason. Just I like because that. I want to always make sure my son knows that I'm not, you know, uh, we're not in this unschooled journey for him to just be academically educated, but mm-hmm. we're in this journey for him to be able to think for himself. Yeah, it's holistic. Himself. It's the whole person. Yeah. We're so not just after their brains, we're after their hearts. Yes. And so, um, yeah, for, for us, I think Malcolm, he's one of the guys. That's great. <laughs> Of course, Jesus is also one of the guys. For sure, for sure. Jesus is also one of the. I saw a joke online. Sorry, like random, but um, it was talking about Catholic school and how um, you can't have long hair as as a boy, and they're like, but there's a boy with long hair, and he's like the main boy. (laughs) Yes, yes. I was like, that's great. That's so funny you mentioned that. I, I heard um, last year someone, as that was a previous guest of ours, they mentioned about how their son actually was criticized uh, for having long hair. And it's actually a part of their heritage. Yeah. Um, as indigenous people there, it's actually a part of their heritage. And, they, and it was a for big sure. deal. And so that was one of the other reasons that they also got inspired to, to homeschool. Um, yeah. It's you'd be man. It's so crazy out here. The judgment that people mm. face, and you'd be surprised at the things, you know. But um, it was so wonderful talking to you. Can you? Yeah, you too. Share with our listeners where can they find you and connect with you um, in South Carolina? Because I know that when I get down there, I'm looking for the 25 acres. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> so- ma'am. You can come visit anytime. Um, so mostly I post on Facebook. Our homeschool site is called Free Range Learning at Para Place. Um, Para Place is on Google Maps is the way I tell people to, you know, get here. Um, you can use Waze or the iPhone, but they're not. I've heard of them taking people around, um, kind of around their elbow to get to their thumb. Um, but Google Maps has Para Place on there. Um Free Range Learning at Power Place is our Facebook group. I think I'm on one of the other newer social media apps that popped up. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Um, band. I'm on Band. Um, but I don't I don't post as much on those. So Facebook really is going to be your best bet. Um, there's no kind of obligation or even registration. Just show up at Friday at 10 a.m. and we'll be here. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Wonderful. I definitely have to have you back on to talk about free range learning because that's like a whole new thing. Yes. Right. Um, and so that's going to be, that's going to be a special topic that we're going to probably save for later um, in the year. Or Sounds good. <laughs> podcast year. <laughs> um, so thank you again so much for being on and listeners, make sure you connect with Jamie on Facebook, make sure you visit her in South Carolina. <laughs> I promise you, you're not going to regret it. <laughs> and continue to listen to the Friends Cabrini podcast right here on all of your listening servers, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to a podcast, we are there. Until next time.